You're listening to You Asked For It, a sermon series based on questions submitted by you. For more information about Elevate Church, please visit us online at www.elevatechurch.ms. All right, how are we doing, Elevate? We doing good? Yeah? Good to see you. Good to see you. Tell the person next to you today, don't get distracted. Tell them. Tell them, don't get distracted by your good looks, right? They need to be paying attention today. Hey, if you don't know me, my name is Robert Andrews. I'm one of the pastors here at Elevate, and I am so glad that you are joining us today. We, uh, uh, before we get to the message, though, let me make just a couple of announcements, just a couple of announcements. The first announcement that I've got for you guys is that we have a membership class today following our service. If you are interested in joining Elevate Church or you're just interested in seeing what membership at Elevate looks like, we want to encourage you to be a part of that class. Uh, it'll be right here in this worship service and the worship center, I guess, about 15 minutes after service. We've got uh, food, we've got child care uh, that's going to be provided for that. So again, if you're interested in becoming a member or you uh, just want to see what membership looks like, we want to invite you to stay for that service. Try to get you out of here by by about, 11, uh, by about 1 o'clock. That'd be bad if it's 11 o'clock tonight, but 1 o'clock this afternoon. Then the next announcement that I've got for you guys is we are having a baby dedication service next week. Uh, we've got a whole new batch of kids that are that have just come through, and so uh, we're really excited about that. And so if you were interested in dedicating your child to the Lord at the beginning of our service next week, I want you to stop by our resource center today. We've got a little, uh, a little thing we want you to just assign your name so that we can kind of contact you and give you some more information. But make sure you do that today before you leave. Then one more quick announcement is about Wednesday night activities. We canceled them last week just because of 4th of July, but they will be resuming again this Wednesday at 6. So uh, clear your calendar. Make sure you're here 6 o'clock this Wednesday. That's really all the announcements I've got for you, so let's get to the message. We are continuing a series that we have titled, You Ask For It. We really do this series every summer. We give you guys an opportunity to submit questions or topics that you'd like to hear a message on. I want to encourage you to continue to do that. The way that you do it is by grabbing one of those information cards in your seat, and on the back of it, there's a place for prayer requests. You can just write your question or topic there, and on your way out, you can drop it off in one of our offering drop boxes. Uh, if you do that and we don't get to the message to your to your question or topic during this series, you never know. Your question or topic might develop into an entire series of its own. So again, I want to encourage you to continue to submit those questions and topics. But as we get started uh, today, as we get started today, let me just ask: How many of y'all know someone? Uh, who is a terrible driver? You know somebody who's a terrible driver? Don't look at them. I saw some people looking at, looking over at people. Yeah, I really did see that today. Uh, yeah, don't look at them. But uh, I mean, we all kind of know some uh, terrible drivers out there. And you may not be like me, uh, but I get so frustrated with people when I am driving. I really do. And I know there are several laws that exist uh, when it comes to driving and road safety. There are several laws that are out there. But really, all of the laws can be summed up in one sentence. One sentence. Are you ready for it? Don't be dumb. Don't be dumb on... Uh, the road. I mean, that really does kind of sum up uh, a lot of those laws. I remember several years ago, they were doing some road work on I-20 towards Jackson, and I'm rolling through there about 75 miles an hour. I know it's speeding, but it's still uh, okay, I think, hopefully. Uh, so, so I'm going through 75 miles an hour, and we're approaching a work zone. We are approaching a spot where the lane is about to end. So I adjust my speed slightly, right, like you're supposed to do. And so uh, as I'm doing that, I'm not, an, I'm not an eighth of a mile 
from where this lane is about to end, when this car rolls up on the back of my truck, you know what I'm saying? They were so close to me, all I saw was the roof, you know, of their vehicle, you know what I mean? And I'm like, what is this idiot doing? Anybody know what I'm talking about? You ever say something like that in Jesus' name? And so, uh, so I'm thinking, what are they doing? And so then what this guy tried to do was, again, the lane is literally, it's about to end. You know what he tried to do? He tried to get over and pass me. Man, I've seen every Fast and Furious out there. You know what I'm saying? It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning is winning. You know what I'm saying? And so what I did was I accelerated. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't going to let that guy pass me. Not today. And so, uh, I, I mean, I'm accelerating real quick, and he's accelerating. Well, there's these barrels, these cones. You know what I mean? Right there. I'm not. It's a true story. That dude took out about three or four of them things. Do, 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 do. And then he had to get over behind me. And, you know, of course, I'm in a a work zone. So what do I have to do? I adjust my speed, right? (laughs) Ten and two. That's what I have to do. Ten and two. And so so I look back behind me. And I don't know if that guy was listening to, you know, that song uh, by Queen, Bohemian Rhapsody. Anybody know that song? You know what I'm saying? He's like, mama mia, mama mia, Dios. And then there gets that head-banging part of the song, you know. Anybody? I'm guessing that that guy was listening to that song because I look in my rearview mirror this time and that's what I see. God's just doing all this noise, you know what I'm saying? And so again, we get through the work zone, get through the work zone, and I kind of I fast forward, get through the work zone. And then after I, I get through the work zone, he gets beside me like he's going to pass me. And so again, I'm, I'm obeying the law, just got my crew set. He gets beside me, he's telling me I'm number one. You know, he's shaking his head at me, and then I just kind of wave and smile, say, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ bless you and keep you. You know what I mean? I looked over, guess who it was? Pastor Tommy. I'm just kidding. He didn't, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It really wasn't him. really wasn't him. really wasn't him. But again, uh, man, I get so frustrated when I'm on the road with, with, with people because the truth of the matter is driving is very dangerous. How many of y'all know that? It's very, very dangerous, and it's becoming increasingly more Dangerous. See, I started driving back in the late 1900s, uh, and so and so when I was driving, you know, there were, we didn't have some of the distractions that people have today, like text messages. We didn't have text messages when I was when I was first starting to drive. We had well, we had text messages, but it was those letters, you know what I mean, that you got in school and folded up like a football and had a tab on them that said "pool." That was a text message when we were coming up. But I mean, now now you've got text messages on your on your phone. Cell phones didn't have that when I was coming up. When I started of driving, cell phones were used to, guess what, make phone calls. That's all that they did. Now a cell phone is no longer actually a phone. It's a computer. It's a device that you can check Facebook, your Instagram, your Twitter. You can play PUBG on it. You can play HQ. Anybody know I'm talking about any of them games? And so some people play those things and they do them while they are driving. While they are driving, I'm serious. Next time you're driving down the road on a road trip or something like that, don't count the, you know, the state. Don't play that the car tag game, you know what I mean, where you're looking for people from different states. Count how many people are actually on their phones while they are driving. It will shock you. It will shock you. Again, there's so many things, so many things out there that make driving today more dangerous, and that, that's one of them. Another thing that kind of distracts us while we're driving are billboards on the side of the road. You see, they used to just have like a regular billboard, but now there are billboards out there, and guess what they do? They, they, they have all these lights, and they change colors, and they, they flash, and they're tempting you to go, oh, what, what did I just miss? What were, they, what were they trying to tell me? And so it takes a lot to stay focused today while you're driving. Am I right? 
This takes a lot to stay focused. And just how it takes a lot to stay focused while you are driving, today I want you to know that it takes a lot to stay focused on God and the things of God. And that's the question we're going to look at today is how. How do I stay focused? How do I stay focused on God and the things of God? In a world where there are so many things that are competing or are competing for my attention, in a, in a world that is so full of so many distractions, how do we stay focused? It's a very important question because I wonder how many of us would just be honest and admit that sometimes we have difficulty focusing on God. I'm, I'm a pastor, and so you would think that that wouldn't be the case for me, but it is. I mean, there are times where I'll start to read my Bible, and guess what? My mind will wonder. There are times when I will start to pray, and guess what I'll do? I'll fall asleep. There are times when I will, I will just start to kind of think about God, and, and again, my mind, it just starts to wonder. I start thinking about lunch or something like that. So again, how do we stay focused? Well, let me give you just three real practical ways that you and I can stay focused on God, how we stay focused on God. If you want to stay focused on God, the very first thing I want you to see is that you're going ha- gonna to have to focus on God intentionally. It takes you being intentional. Listen to me. If you really want to focus on God, it doesn't happen by accident. Now, let me make a, a distinction here. Uh, uh, I, I make this this reference, or I say that in reference to somebody who already knows God. See, if you're not a Christian and you don't know God, you might accidentally stumble across God. But the reason why that happens is because it's God's mission to reach you. That, that is the whole mission and purpose of Christ. Jesus, when speaking about himself, said this in Luke chapter 19, verse 10. He said, the Son of Man has come to seek and save the lost. Who has the Son of Man came to seek and save? The lost, right? That is his whole purpose. Jesus loves everyone, but he is actively chasing and actively pursuing people who do not yet know him. Let me say that again. Jesus loves everyone, but he is actively chasing and actively pursuing people who do not yet know him. And here's what's what's expected of those of us who already do know him. He expects us to chase after him. He expects his followers to follow him. Let me share a few verses that God gives his people when it comes to him. Look at this, 1 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 11. Look at what God says. He says, look to the Lord and his strength, and what? Seek his face always. How often are you supposed to seek the face of God and pursue God and chase after God? How often? Always. Uh, you know, on the days that you don't feel like it, on the days that you do feel like it, on the good days, on the bad days, every day that ends in why, you seek the face of God always. First Chronicles chapter 22, verse 19 says this, Now devote your heart and soul to what? Seeking the Lord your God. Seeking the Lord. Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 13 says this, You will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Now those aren't some isolated verses in the Old Testament when it comes to how you and I are supposed to pursue God and seek God. There are even verses in the New Testament that tell us to seek God. One of those verses is Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. Look at this, it says, And without faith... 
It is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly what? Seek him. Seek him. The problem is most of us don't really know what that word seek means. You say, oh, yeah, Robert, I know what seek means. I've played hide and seek before. I know what seek means. How many of y'all ever played hide and seek right, right before? That was, I loved that game when I was coming up. But you know what the worst part, the part that I hated the most about hide and seek was? I hated being the seeker. I hated being the person who had to find someone else. Anybody else, was that, was, you hated that part. How many of y'all were like, ooh, I love to find people? Anybody? If you're here, thank you. You know what I mean? You're special. But most people don't like that, right? Most people don't like that. Man, if I was seeking someone, I, I had some tricks, you know what I mean, to, to make it to where I could hide a little faster. You know what I'm saying? Like they would say, okay, Robert, you got to count. No peeking. And so what would you do? I'm not looking. Or you'd put your arms up and you'd be looking through. Anybody else? Was it just me that cheated? Okay. Yeah, a couple of us, we did that. Yeah, or they'd say, okay, Robert, you got to start counting. You got to count to 100. And y'all would go, oh, yeah, yeah, I got to. I'm going to count to 100. One, two, skip a few, 99, 100. Anybody? Just me? Or you'd say, okay, you got to count. Okay, I'm going to count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, eleven, twelve. Anybody? No one's talking about you. You get it real quick. Man, that's how I rolled, man. There were times when I wouldn't even try to find somebody else. I'd go make a sandwich or eat some chips. Make the people hide and get tired of hiding and come on out. You know what I mean? Then I'd be like, I found you. My time to hide. That's how I was, man. I wanted to be hiding. I didn't like seeking. And so when we hear that word seek, we tend to think about a childhood game. But when it comes to seeking God, that's not what it means. It's not a game. Yes, to seek means to find that which is lost. But the Hebrew word for seek is, is very strong. It's, it's the word balkash. And, and that word has a very, very strong meaning. It means to seek after by any means necessary. To strive after, to require, to desire so much that you're willing to do whatever it takes to find. Think about it, Think about it like this. Imagine losing your child in a crowded store or shopping mall or something like that. Has that ever happened to you? You just kind of looked down and your kid wasn't there. Happened to me. I remember when Brianna Grace was little, we went to Walmart one time. I hate that place, but we went to Walmart. And so uh, I was, I was going to be a good dad and, and let Amanda do the shopping. You know what I mean? With, without being bothered. And we were going to go look at the toys. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I was just trying to be a good. And so we go over to the toy section and Brianna, she wants to look at the princesses. She wants to look at the dolls. Well, I ain't trying to look at no princesses and dolls, man. You know what I mean? I was still new at being a parent at that time. I, I wanted to look at the Ninja Turtles, right? The Nerf guns, the remote control cars. And so I'm, I'm looking at those things, wow, and I'm getting distracted. And I thought Brianna was right beside me. I'm, I'm looking at all these toys. And so when I finally looked down, guess who wasn't beside me anymore? Brianna. She had moved to another aisle. Well, let, let me tell you, my heart dropped. My heart, my heart dropped. I, I, I panicked. And I was really running up and down, up and down the aisles. Brianna, where are you, Brianna? I mean, I, 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 my entire heart was engaged in finding her, in seeking her. I would have done whatever was necessary to get her back beside me. I didn't say, well, she'll probably show up. 
I didn't say that. I was seeking her. My entire mindset and my intentions changed. I purposed in my heart to find what was missing. Well, that's how God wants his followers to be when it comes to him. You know what? We're going to seek him. We're using our entire heart, our entire soul to find him. We will seek him by any means necessary. We require his presence. We don't say, well, maybe he'll show up. We don't say that. Listen to me. If you are a follower of Christ, if, if Jesus Christ has saved you, you need to know that Jesus already showed up. You need to know he already showed up. He, he found me, and if you're a Christian, he found you. Now, our job is to seek him. Some of us need to stop eating sandwiches and looking at chips and stuff like that and thinking, well, he'll just come out in a little while. We need to seek God intentionally. That means that we turn our phone off when we are reading our Bible. Why? Because we're going to be intentional and we're going to pursue Christ. We are going to seek him. That means we go to bed early. Why? Because we want to get up early and we want to seek the face of God. That means we make the necessary changes because we desire his presence. Are you seeking him today? That's how you focus on God and the things of God. You seek him, and you do it intentionally. It doesn't happen accidentally. So we got to be intentional when we, if we're going to focus on God. The next thing that I want you to see, if you're going to focus on God, you're going you're to have to do it daily. You're going to have to do it daily. See, see, each and every one of us have some daily habits. Like when you wake up in the morning, you might brush your teeth. Hopefully you do. You might go to the restroom, hopefully. I mean, you do. Well, I guess everybody does that anyway. But you might get in the shower. But, but you know what the very first thing that the majority of people do nowadays before they even get out of bed is, that boy got it over there, they check their phones. They check their phones. They check their phones. In fact, 80% of Americans check their phones before they even get out of bed. On average, a person checks their phone 80 times a day. That means that every 12 minutes, you know what we're doing? We're looking at that phone. How many of y'all know somebody who's addicted to that phone? More hands need to be up than that. I see some folks on their phones this morning in here. I was going, look at them kids and they're doing all this stuff. Hey, they're just they're addicted to that technology, right? But I mean, there's so many people, there's so many people who are addicted to their Phones. I actually stumbled across an article that gave five indicators that you might be addicted to your phone. Some of y'all didn't raise your hand, so if any of these describe you, maybe, maybe this will help you realize it is you. If you sleep with your phone like a teddy bear, you have a problem. Y'all know anybody who does that? 61% of teenagers sleep with their phones. That's a problem. Number two, number two, the second indicator you might have a problem with your phone is if you check for social media updates at red lights, you might have a problem. The third, number three, your phone is the last thing you see before you go to bed and the first thing you see when you wake up in the morning. Number four, one of your cats or dogs has its own Instagram page. <laughs> you have a problem. Number five, I don't know if this is going to describe anybody, 
but you look forward to going to the bathroom so you can level up on your favorite game. Listen, if your legs go to sleep while you are sitting on the toilet because you are on your phone, you have a problem. Seriously, though, the phone has become this daily habit for so many people where it's constantly checking, they're constantly looking. My question today is, why can't our relationship with God be that type of habit? Where we're constantly looking for God, we're constantly seeking Him. Can it be? The answer is yes, and it should be. It should be. You know why, though? It's hard for us to make pursuing God that type of habit. And you know why it's so much easier for us to get on the phone and social media? See, the reason why it's harder to see God is because when we see God, it's not about us. It's about Him. But like social media and all, that's about us. Who commented on my post? Who liked my post? Who, who, who liked my picture? Did you see what they said about me? We're, we're, all, we're, we're addicted to ourselves. Me, 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 me. We are obsessed. We are obsessed with ourselves. The problem with seeking God, again, is it's not about us. It's about him. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, Jesus said, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Wait a minute, God. If I'm going to seek your kingdom... What about me? What about what I want? Jesus, I forwarded that email that said, if you love Jesus, I would forward it to 10 people. I did that. What do you think about my selfie picture, Jesus? What about me? That's how we are. See, you may not, you may not be like me, but sometimes I read the Bible, and I read about some of these people who are just so close to God, and, and I want to know, how did they do it? I read about people in, like, like, like Enoch in Genesis chapter 5, verse 24, where it says, Enoch walked faithfully with God, and then he was no more because God took him away. I mean, Enoch didn't die. He just got took. Why? Because he walked with God. And that word walked doesn't mean that he walked one day with God or he walked two days with God. No, it means that he faithfully walked with God. Jesus, what did Jesus do? Jesus got up daily. Often Jesus went away. He silenced his cell phone, right? And he got away from people. Why? So that he could seek the Father, so that he could focus on God, and he did it daily. You and I need to do the same thing daily. Jesus himself said this in Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Look what he said. He says, whoever wants to be my disciple, what must they do? They must deny themselves and take up their cross. How often? Daily. And follow me. Those are the words of Jesus. He says, follow me daily. Take up your cross daily. Carry that cross daily. If you are carrying something, it's easier to focus on whatever it is that you're carrying. Right? Like, I remember when I first became a parent. Again, Brianna Grace, she is our, she's our oldest. She's 12. Um, but I, I remember when she was first born, we had people that were so nice. They, they gave us a car seat. They gave us uh, diapers. They gave us wipes. They gave us clothes. It was amazing. You know what I mean? Uh, children really are a blessing from God. But I remember trying to leave the hospital. We were leaving the hospital. The 
after she was born, and, and I went to get the car, I pulled it around, and I'm, I get out of the car, and I'm looking at the doors as they open, and they're wheeling Amanda out in a wheelchair, and she's holding little Brianna Grace. Man, it was beautiful. And then they just dumped her out. <laughs> get out of here. You know, like we knew what we were doing. We had no idea. <laughs> Literally, it took us 30 minutes to figure out how the car seat worked. You know what I mean? Practice that if you're going to be a parent. Practice that before you get to the hospital. We had no idea how, how, how it worked. But new parents, listen to me. Life changes when you become a parent. It changes. Amanda and I, we used to be able to go wherever we wanted whenever we wanted. But when you got a kid, you cannot do that. When you have a kid, you know what you get used to doing? New parents, don't carry the car seat like this. Do it like this. It'll save your muscles. It'll make you look like you're strong. And how many of y'all knew that? Don't carry the car seat like this. How many of y'all carry it like this? Wrong. Don't do it. Do it like this. But this is what you get used to carrying. This is what you get used to carrying. Uh, again, my oldest is 12. I've got three kids. I've been carrying kids now for 12 years. And Amanda tries to make me feel bad. She says, well, I've been carrying them nine months longer than you. Y'all pray for me. She don't, ever let me. she don't ever let me live that down. But again, you need to get used to carrying them. And this, when you have children, this becomes a way of life. Carrying your child, thinking about your child. When I am holding Lawson Cruz, who is our, our, our youngest child, when I'm holding him, I can't help but just hug him and snuggle with him and, and kiss him. And I even smell him, you know what I'm saying? Not like his diaper or nothing, but I just, anybody, y'all know him? Anybody, you know what I'm talking about? You just smell a baby, right? You smell a baby. Man, I love it. And I'll look at Lawson Cruz and I'll say, buddy, I love you. Because I'm holding him. Buddy, I love you. Sadie Kate, my seven-year-old, man, every day her and I, we snuggle together. She'll come and she'll sit in my lap and I'll say, sweet girl, I love you, Sadie Kate. Sweet girl, I love you, Sadie Brianna Grace, again, my 12-year-old, every morning when I wake her up, I say, Brianna Grace, I love your face. And she says, shut up, dad. <laughs> Preteens, right? Preteens. But again, when you're holding something, it's easier to remember it. When you're holding something, it's easier to focus on it. You're holding it. It's a true story. I almost don't like to tell. But again, when we first became parents, man and I, again, we were used to going whenever and wherever. And so I remember one day we put her in her car seat. We put her in the, we put her at a pool table right by the door. We don't have a pool table anymore because you have kids. Anyway. <laughs> What was I talking about? Oh, yeah. We put her on the pool table, got her ready, put her on the pool table. We went and got ready, and then we went out to the car, and we crunked the car up, and we both looked at each other. We said, did you get Brianna? We panicked. Rushed back inside. We didn't go nowhere, but we rushed back inside, and there's Brianna on the pool table. <laughs> right? But we weren't holding her anymore. And I'm telling you, when you're not holding something, it's easier not to focus on it. It's easy to forget something when you set it down, right? It's easier to forget something when you set it down. Jesus said what? Pick up your cross daily. Don't 
set it down. Don't set it down. If you want to focus on God, if you want to focus on the things of God, carry the cross and don't set it down. Be intentional and be intentional daily that you know what? Again, I'm going to seek God. I'm going to seek his face. I am living for God. I'm carrying my cross. This becomes what dictates every other aspect of your life. That's how you focus on the things of God. So you have to do it intentionally. You have to do it daily. And finally, I want you to see, if you really want to focus on God, you've got to do it corporately. You've got to do it corporately. What does that mean? It means that we do it together. How many of you have ever tried to start working out? How many of y'all do work out? I work out every day. Every day. I go to the fridge and I do squats. <laughs> I'm trying to see what's in there. You know what I'm saying? It'll get you motivated, get you motivated. But I do remember, I do, I do remember when I was starting to work out, but I, I had read an article, I guess, this past week, and it was talking about the amount of exercise an, event, an individual will do and the consistency in which they will exercise really, really has a lot to do with whether or not they're in a group and they are doing it there. The, see, see the, the majority of people don't stick with working out long term. The majority of people, if they're doing it by themselves. That's why things like boot camp and, and, and those step fits and things like that, that's why those things are, are CrossFit. That's what it's called. Sorry, I don't even know. Uh, but anyway, that's why things like that are so, so, so important. This article also said, and I'm just going to read it, but it says this, research shows that the healthy actions of others rub off on us. A study published in the Journal of Social Sciences found that participants gravitate towards the exercise behaviors of those around them. And in 2016, a study published in the Journal of Obesity found that overweight people tend to lose more weight if they spend time with their fit friends. The more time they spend together, the more weight they lose, which makes a pretty strong argument for making your workouts communal. But it's just one of the many reasons why it may be easier and more enjoyable to get fit in a pact, end quote. Listen to me. The same is true when it comes to following Christ, focusing on God. Yes, you can do it individually, and you need to know how to feed yourself spiritually, individually. But if you want to see the best results, if you want to see lasting results, you need to seek God with his people. You need to seek God with other believers in a church. And you don't just come on a Sunday. You, you get connected with people. You, you serve. You get involved. You share your life with others. Check out this verse from Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. The Bible says, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. See, there were people when the church was getting started about 2,000 years ago who got out of the habit of meeting together. And there are still people today who are following that example. They want to neglect church. And, and those people, those people will find it hard to focus on God. And those people will find it hard to focus on the things of God the way that they should. See, when you 
put yourself in a church or you put yourself in a group, you've got people who can come alongside of you and help you and hold you accountable. Again, when I started working out, I was working out with a small group of guys at the gym. And we, we worked out every morning. We worked out early every morning. And if I didn't show up, if I was late, my phone was going to ring. Where are you? If I didn't show up, I was going to get a text. Hey, man, where were you? Are you okay? Every day, again, if I didn't show up, I was getting those texts. They were checking on me. And so it held me accountable, and I was able to be more successful because I knew that I had to answer to some other people, and that motivated me. That motivated me. Folks, that's why we need to be involved in a church. And that's why we need to be committed to a church. Every one of us here, each and every one of us, we need somebody to call us and say, where are you? How's your soul? How are you doing? We need people to hold us accountable. I say this all the time, all the time. But the worst thing for a Christian to do is to get out of church. Because usually the first step away from God is to step away from God's people. Again, I say it all the time. I've seen it so much. But you show me somebody who's stepped away from God, and I'll show you somebody who's about to make some serious mistakes in their life. Stay connected to the body of Christ. Seek God and focus on God together. One of the most difficult things of being a pastor is not preparing a message every Sunday, although that's difficult. Sometimes it's hard. One of the most difficult things about being a pastor is not leading a church, again, although sometimes that is difficult. The most difficult thing for me, the most difficult part of my job is watching people starve themselves spiritually especially when the food is available. Because over my years of ministry, I've seen so many people step away from church, and I've seen them starve themselves spiritually, and I've seen them suffer from spiritual dehydration, and it's heartbreaking, especially when the bread of life is just within a few steps, especially when the living water is just within a few steps. Please don't let that describe you. Don't remove the church's influence from your life. See, I'm wrapping up. I'm almost done. But this whole idea of focusing on God and staying focused on God and the things of God, you know what it really all boils down to? It really all boils down to putting God first in your life. Putting God first. So think about your life. What part of your life is missing God? Is it your marriage? Is it your finances? Is it when you go to work? Is it in raising your children? What area of your life is missing God? What area of your life do you need to seek God in? And what do you need to do 
to make that become a reality. You know, when you drive from Jackson to Vicksburg, there are a lot of billboards on the side of the road. How many of y'all have ever seen at least one? Some of y'all are not paying it. Well, that's good. You're paying attention to the road. But almost every billboard is advertising the same thing. What's it advertising? Casinos. Now, billboards are expensive, right? They're not cheap. So why would they spend so much money putting up so many billboards? It's it's really simple. The answer is because they want to make sure you see them. See, you might be driving down the road and you might miss the first one. You might be driving down the road and you might miss the second one. You might be driving down the road and you might miss the third one. But guess what they're betting on? That eventually, you'll see one. And because you saw that one, it's going to cause you to stop on by. Right? Well, that's why God needs to be in every area of your life. Because on some days, you might miss him in one area. You might miss him in another area. You might miss him in another area. But if he's in every area, hopefully you're going to see him once. And it'll remind you to seek him and pursue him the way you should in every other area of your life. So if you want to seek God, if you want to focus on God, again, you got to put him first. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I don't know where you're at in your spiritual life. But I know in my own life, again, I'm a pastor, and it's hard sometimes to focus. It's hard for me to really realize that I'm as close to God as I choose to be. And that's the same way it is for you. You're as close to him right now as you choose to be. My prayer for each and every one of us today who are followers of Christ is that we'll truly seek him the way we should. But I wonder today if there's somebody here who doesn't know God. You just came today, but you've stumbled across him. The reason why you just stumbled across him is, again, because he's actively pursuing you. He's chasing you. He came to seek and save the lost. He loves you no matter what you've done in your life. He loves you no matter who you are and where you're from, and he'll forgive you. But you've got to call on him. So if you're here today and you know you need to be saved, you know you need to surrender your life to him, I'm going to ask that you just pray this prayer right where you sit. Father, today, forgive me for all my sins. Mold me into a new person. I confess you today as Lord. I confess you as Savior. And I want to carry my cross daily and follow you. Thank you for saving me. Look, we're continuing to pray. But if you prayed that prayer today to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, 
want to ask that you do me a favor. Right where you are, would you just lift your hand so that I can know God's speaking, God's moving. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Father, today I thank you for new life. I thank you for people surrendering to you. And Father, I ask that you would help them when they leave this place to truly pursue you. Help each and every one of us to truly pursue you the way that you have pursued us. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the forgiveness of sins. We pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen.